Hello, amazing humans. I'm thrilled to announce the Journey to Wellness scavenger hunt on our podcast. Over the next three episodes, I'll suddenly be dropping a special clue related to either holistic nutrition, emotionally focused therapy, or herbalism. Your mission is to identify these three clues and submit them to amber at ambermccray.com. That's also listed in the description of the episode. And here's the exciting part. If you gather all the clues correctly, you stand a chance to win a $10, a $10 digital gift card and a shout out across all my social media platforms and communities. So tune in, engage, and embark on the wellness journey with us. I can't wait to see your entries. Good luck. So today's hint is, it's what everything grows from and delves deep beneath the surface. It's not just about what we see above ground in our lives. It's about those deeper underlying causes, the bedrock of our emotions, fears, and health. This word is the key to understanding and resolving our core issues. Hey everyone, Hunter from the Everything is Connected podcast here. Heather from Hot Mass Espresso. And Amber from Connection Over Perfection. You know, in this world of endless chatter, finding genuine conversations can be a challenge. That being said, we introduce Podcast Connection Network, a space where we lay it all out unfiltered. Dive in with us. It's about authentic connections and conversations that truly matter. To learn more about the network and each of our podcasts, click the link in the description below. The Podcast Connection Network. Never going to give you up. Never going to let you down. The content provided in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The intention of the host and guests is to spread love and awareness. Always seek the advice of your physician or trusted healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you've heard in this podcast. Welcome back to Connection Over Perfection, the sanctuary where we flip off those sky-high, unrealistic standards and dive headfirst into authentic, raw wellness. I am your host, therapeutic nutritionist Amber McRae, here to guide you through the thickets of our minds and emotions, where we get to the root of all of it, our deepest emotions, fears, pains, and traumas. It's all about understanding and healing from the ground up not just slapping a band-aid on them. So cozy up with your favorite brew and let's embark on a journey to unearth the roots of true wellness. We're about to dig deep into real talk where mental fitness and heartfelt connections make us perfectly imperfect. Okay, amazing humans, welcome back to another episode of our podcast, Connection Over Perfection. Today's episode is a special one, and I can't wait to introduce to you our wonderful guest, Miss Madeline. Let me start by sharing that Madeline and I found each other on TikTok, and it's been a beautiful journey from there and thank you again, Hunter. This is like the fifth person that I've had on the podcast that he's introduced me to. So he's amazing. We all love Hunter. And she's not just a guest today. She's a dear friend, an artist with a heart as vast as the ocean, a guiding light for those on their healing journey. Madeline is not only an integral part of our community, but has also joined forces with us to create a safe and nurturing space. Together, we've embarked on a journey to support and uplift those who need it the most. Madeline has already begun pouring her heart and wisdom into our community 
by being willing to head up our first book study on the Warrior Goddess Training for the incredible women in our circle. Madeline's story is one of resilience, strength, and self-discovery. She's faced unimaginable challenges, including surviving abusive relationships and enduring an extremely traumatic childhood. But here's the thing about Madeline. She's a fighter. She's taking those first steps towards healing, and she's teaching us all about learning to be kinder to ourselves through her own journey. Madeline is more than just inspiring. She's funny. She's smart. She's absolutely beautiful inside out. And she's a cherished member of our community and her dedication to helping women rise, find their voice, and reconnect with their inner power is truly remarkable. I feel incredibly blessed that our paths have crossed, and I know you'll feel the same way once you get to know her. So without further ado, let's dive into this conversation with Madeline, where we will explore healing, self-love, and the power of genuine connection. Madeline, thank you for joining us today. You are seen and heard and deeply valued in our tribe, and we are so excited to learn from your wisdom and experiences. That was one hell of an introduction. (laughs) I was not expecting that. Um, Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here um, as met. For those who do know me, I am much better at written word than spoken. I do get a little socially anxious, so, <laughs> uh, but I am so happy to be here and I'm just so blessed to have met Amber and Hunter and to have been welcomed into this community. It's just been a huge game changer to my healing journey. So I just want to be able to share and grow the community with you guys because it's done such good for me. Awesome. Thank you, Madeline. We cherish you so much. So what initially sparked your healing journey? And can you share a bit about that journey's beginning with us? Sure. So my healing journey started about three years ago. I had just gotten out of yet another abusive relationship where I was left completely shattered. I felt like I had lost my complete sense of self and I didn't understand like why this kept happening. And, you know, I, I feel like people, whenever you leave an abusive relationship ends, people always say, well, you know, it's not your fault, which I agree. <laughs> but I was thinking to myself, I'm like, but this keeps happening. Like it's happened over and over and over again. So either I'm the most unluckiest person in the world, or like there's something that I'm doing that is attracting these types of energies. And then realizing that like, okay, so even once you attract that energy and why do you stay, you know, like why, why does it keep ending up in this pattern? So I was like, you know what? Like, I feel like maybe there's something here that like, I need to like tweak a little, you know, cause I, I felt like I really had my life together. Like I, I, everything was just, I don't want to say perfect, but like, I just felt like, I felt like I was whole. <laughs> Uh, and 
So I was like, oh, it's just probably like a little tweak. Like, oh, maybe like I just need to like be more stern or, or like something. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> um, so what I thought was really just going to be like a couple therapy sessions, I realized as I started peeling back the, the layer of the onion of why I felt like it was okay for people to, to treat me like this. And what I perceived as normal, like it just like, it, it kept going. And ultimately where I've gotten to now is that I realized that this cycle of abuse started way before I even started dating men. It, it started in my childhood. And I think that people always think healing is kind of linear. So when I always start to tell my story about my healing journey, I always start with the last trauma that happened that caused me to want to go on this journey. Even though as I go through this, you would think, well, that obviously was something that was very traumatic and she needed to heal from. But I didn't know that it was something that I needed to heal from. You only know what you know. And I went through the past 20 years thinking that if you move on or continue on, that that meant that you were healed from it. Or if that situation is no more, that that meant that I got past it. I moved on. I let go. But with each trauma that I experienced, it taught me something about myself that I didn't realize each and every little traumatic experience that I had or took away. I was teaching myself uh, things about myself that I was believing to be true. First of all, thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing with us. And what I think I hear you saying is that you really started this journey because you recognized a cycle that you were in. And while you know that it wasn't your fault that these things were happening to you, you also knew that you only had control over your actions. And so really taking accountability for what you could change and seeing if there was something that you could tweak, like you said, that would help break this cycle. And so you really started to dive head first into that process of learning that. And it kind of was a bigger ocean. It wasn't just this little pond that you thought you were jumping into. And you're like, oh, let me just make a few tweaks. You're like, okay, we're in a whole vast ocean now. And there's all this work. And, and like you said, correct me if I'm wrong, that you thought, you were just looking back at the, like the last relationship or the last piece of trauma, but in, in learning everything, it stems, the root of it is so much deeper and goes back to your childhood. So you're not really just working on the last trauma that you had, but you're working on, you know, 25 years of trauma per se. Is that close? A hundred percent. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I think it's so valuable that you did mention, and I think it's a really good topic, is that 
while people are in abusive relationships and they do not deserve that, that there is an aspect that we can take accountability and to remember that we are never stuck. And, and coming from a very toxic marriage myself prior, you do feel very stuck. And I'm not saying that there aren't women that don't have many options. But if you're in a position where you can make adjustments and you can get help healing, I think I hear you saying that those are options that we do have. And there is some accountability that we can take. And if, correct me if I'm wrong, taking back that power, you have the choice to change what's happening. A hundred percent. And that's so empowering. I find so much empowerment of knowing that I can change and that I can grow and I can evolve. And so if there are parts of me that don't sit well with me, I can evolve and change into whoever it is that I'm meant to be, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that I hear you saying that I love that is that it's empowering knowing that you have the permission, you have the knowledge and you have the ability to pivot at any moment in your life. And that if you don't like a road that you're going down, you can always take another road. And people really have this black or white mentality where if they go down one road, they have to stay on that road. And I think I hear you saying that like, hey, you don't have to stay on that road at any moment. You could take an alley. You could take another road. You have the power within you to control where you are going and you can change that at any time whenever you want. Yeah, 100%. And I think that people don't question themselves enough. And some Mm. people would say that I, you know, overthink or question myself too much. And I do think that sometimes I do, but I have found on this healing journey that I have to question myself. If I'm in a situation and something doesn't feel right, I have to ask myself, is this me projecting unhealed trauma or my, my, experiences or is this me feeling uncomfortable because I don't know what emotion I am feeling or is it true is this really an unsafe situation or is this person you know throwing throwing the red flags you know I I feel like I have to ask myself that because it's a toss-up honestly it's a toss-up of it could be a a not even 50-50 I think sometimes it's me and that's okay that's okay if the problem is me, because guess what? I can, I'm fixing me. I'm on this journey to fix me. So if something comes up and I realize, Ooh, like, I, I think the problem is me. That's okay. That just means that I now have an added direction of what I need to heal. I, I use that, those moments to kind of guide me as to what wounds I need to heal first or what wounds come up more prevalent so that I can kind of prioritize things (laughs) because when you've lived and experienced a whole lifetime of trauma, there is a lot of fucking wounds to heal, you know, like, so you have to prioritize like, and, and ultimately I I feel like I don't even decide what pace I heal at. Um, 
I feel like this journey, like this journey has a mind of its own. I'm just on for the ride. And I've learned that like the quicker I let go and just let the river take me down, (laughs) taking me down the lazy river, like it's going to determine, you know, how the length of time it takes to heal certain wounds to find certain wounds. Like it's, it's wild at the pace in which I heal. I think that I have control to stop, stop the healing, but I don't want to do that. Right. Like I, I want to continue on the journey. So, yeah. And I think I hear you saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that this healing journey is, has a mind of its own, like you said, and we have control of whether we move forward or we stop but we don't have control of where it's going or how fast it's going. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I love that. Also, you said something else that really sparked is that just this overall sense that you're talking about self-awareness and when you're talking about questioning, right? Questioning ourselves and that it's okay that, we fuck up. We're going to fuck up. And like you said, we could be the problem in this situation. And being able to take that step back and saying, hey, like you said, asking questions. Hey, first of all, is it me? Is this something that I need to work on? Is Am I triggered? Is this a wound that I need to work on? Is this the other person? You know, and those questions I think are invaluable. They are detrimental to our healing journey and being able to become more self-aware. I think those questions are necessary. And I think that it's so beautiful and honorable to be able to ask ourselves those questions and own what is ours and to release what isn't. And really in this healing journey, I I've learned for me that almost a hundred percent of the time it's me because I am the only one. My triggers are mine. And while, while it's 10% what happens to me, it's 90% how I react or respond to it. And for me, everything that goes on, I filter through my own experiences And so being able to say, you know what, because if I get upset or I get triggered, I have to recognize, is this an expectation I have? Is this a boundary that's crossed? Did I cross that boundary? Um, Did I communicate clearly? You know, and I'm not saying that I think that too much of any good thing can be detrimental, right? So if we take on everything and we're like, the other person has zero responsibility, I'm not really saying that because they have a responsibility in how they react or respond or whether they, you know, choose to hear what we're saying or validate all of these things. But ultimately we only have control over ourselves. And so in situations we either have, okay, is it our perspective or is it our actions? Right. And so we have to really process those. And so I think that question asking Asking ourselves lots of questions is a huge sign of growth and healing. And I think questions on this journey 
um, in general, when you start questioning things, right? When you start questioning everything, I think your, your mind is able to expand and you were talking about, you know, creating these pathways. We have these neural pathways, right? That they've been on this loop for so long. And if you begin to question and seek other perspectives, you begin to be able to make new neural pathways and create new, new thought processes. Mm -hmm. So that is exactly what I've been working on the last three years. And it has been such a slow process. But now that I, I feel like it's getting faster and faster. Like I, it's almost like the, at first it's challenging, right? Because you have a thought and you, it's just like a normal thought. You don't realize that this is, um, you know, that dissonance, that cognitive dissonance or, uh, a, a, a thought that you need to question. Right. So it's, you're going through all the thoughts in your brain and you are picking out and having to figure out what thoughts about yourself and the world around you is good to keep and what thoughts about yourself in the world around you do you need to question and then in that questioning work through and say okay does this serve me and having an understanding of okay in a point of time that this thought that you discovered did probably serve you and you had to fill in the gaps or an experience happened that made you think this and then was reinforced over and over and over again. And I think for me, question, questioning everything um, has been vital because I can look back and, and see that <clears throat> I always just accepted what was told to me because I was never really allowed to question, well, why are things this way? A little bit about my childhood and how I was raised. And I hope that this sheds some light and maybe helps explain kind of how patterns of abuse continue and what, why it makes it so tricky to heal. So growing up, my mother was mentally ill. Um, she struggled my whole entire life with an undiagnosed mental illness. And when my parents got separated and ultimately divorced when I was around 13, for the first time in my life, I was left with my three older sisters to have to manage taking care of my mom. And it was a huge shock for, for me because so much of my childhood, I felt like my dad and my sisters really tried to protect me to the best of their ability and shield me from her and her um, mental illness. And so once my dad left and it significantly worsened it, and it, it was also super prevalent, right? Because now I am alone with this person who is experiencing all of these emotions and ups and downs and mood swings. And I didn't know how to process any of it. And I, there was no space to process any type of 
emotion or thoughts. Like I, because it was chaos. It was chaos. Everything was chaos. It was, it was this constant, like life or death. If you make a mistake, I'm going to kill myself type of like mentality. It was like you were in fight or flight mode a hundred percent of the time. And it was like, like you never knew when the egg would drop. And it was just this constant heightened experience. But that was like the reality in which I lived in. So, and it was super tricky, right? Because it's still kind of a taboo topic. People don't really validate or acknowledge the abuse and neglect that children feel or get like from their parents, if it's a mental, uh, a mental illness, right? So there was always this um, understanding of, well, Madeline, you know that she doesn't mean it. Like she can't help it. She's mentally ill. And, and like, you know that she loves you. And so I, I, I accepted that to be true because everybody around me kept reinforcing, oh, well, like, you know that she can't help it, but she loves you. She doesn't mean to. So, (laughs) mm, so that mentality, I don't think people, people give and say advice in, in the moment to help you get through the moment. But ultimately that mentality of, oh, like this person who is abusing me loves me. So then that's how ultimately I figured out why I kept ending up in abusive relationships, right? Because I thought if I could justify why a man was hitting me or why a man was mistreating me, if there was a reason, if there was a trauma or an explanation behind it, then that made it okay, right? Because they still love me. And ultimately, it's sad. It's super sad. And it's still, you know, I still haven't really gotten through the, the healing portion of trying to figure out where is there space to have compassion and empathy for my mom, who she didn't have this opportunity like I do to get the help that she needed and to, uh, like it, it, it makes me so sad for her that she didn't have safe people in her life to allow her to heal. Um, and that she didn't, she didn't get this, that I, that I have. Um, but also at the same time, understanding that I can have that compassion and empathy for her, but there was also a little girl who was very, very scared and, um, who wanted nothing more than for her mom to, to love her and to want her and who spent her whole life wondering, like, why was I not enough? Ultimately, my mom ended up taking her life, and that was a whole, whole traumatic experience. And I thought that by me healing from my mom's suicide, that that was 
all that meant was like that like okay I got done grieving and I am back to work like back like moving on with my life my moving on to the next phase of my life that's how healing was modeled to me and that's how I understood healing to be first of all I just want to say that we see you and we really appreciate you taking the time and energy and just being vulnerable and sharing all of that with us. And I think I hear you saying that really you questioning everything has allowed you to take a look at your life and really understand your patterns and your cycles and your thought processes and going back and looking at your childhood and experiencing so much as a little girl and not getting the validation of what was going on for you and just being told that this is the way it is and that, like you said, that this, she loves you and she doesn't have control. And so you took that on as your identity, as part of who Madeline is, and to really not trust what you were feeling because you were feeling so many different things, pain and disconnect and sadness and fear. And everybody around you who was supposed to be safe for you said, you are not supposed to feel that way and very much invalidated what you were feeling. So, and correct me if I'm wrong, this gave you a sense, don't trust what I'm feeling. I need to trust what everybody's telling me. And I was going to say that that adapted into a, a, you learn that and then you never question it again. So it's like, I just, I, I, I was in a autopilot just doing, I was becoming whatever it was that everybody around me was saying that I was. Right. And really that disconnect from self. And, mm-hmm. and I think I hear you saying, and just from, you know, getting to know you is that that's part of your journey. Like you were talking about a little bit ago is like, what feels good to me? What, what resonates with me and really being able to take a step back and learn what feels right for you and beginning to ask, that's where those questions come in is because you're getting to know yourself and what feels good, what doesn't feel good to you instead of just taking on what everybody else has always told you. And I think that that, I think I hear you saying that that's one reason these questions have been so pivotal is because they've really been a roadmap to figure out who Madeline is. Mm. Yes, a hundred percent. And I mean, it was, it was so scary. I mean, to, for the first time in like, you know, 20 years, start creating connections with people where they actually like they, wouldn't tell me what to do or what to think, right? Like, you know, they were very uh, adamant about, you know, giving space to allow people to feel whatever it was that they needed to feel, right? I'm, I was so used to everybody who came into my life being like, oh, I want to fix Madeline. I want to fix Madeline. And it just continued the cycle of just Madeline doing and being 
whatever it was that the person in front of her said that she was. And honestly, it felt really shitty. With that, can I ask you something? So this feeling of, and everybody coming at you with, we need to fix Madeline. We need to fix. There's something to fix. Did this give you a sense that something was wrong with you instead of just loving where you were and what you were experiencing? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And this is still something that like I really struggle with because, you know, I've been in a lot of different places on this journey and, you know, I've, I've, had a lot of different struggles. And so it always kind of gets me when I feel like I'm in present day, like, you know, doing okay, that people look at me and still feel the need to fix me. I'm like, Oh, no, like, is it is is my like brokenness showing like shit? Like what? What? What is it? Like, you know, like, I'm like, I don't is it a perception that people perceive me? (laughs) Like, what what is it that everybody's seeing so clearly that like, apparently is broken in me that I need to fix. Like, and if you could just tell me then that'd be great. Cause I'll go ahead and fix it. <laughs> right. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think that that's why also those questions come into play is that, is this something about me or is this something about them? Is this an expectation they have of them or is this something that I really need to work on? And so I think those questions come into play there is that how you feel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. And also, I think that it's important to be able to have safe connections where you can truly like bounce ideas off of like you know. I, for me at least, I sometimes just need people to to listen because I'm unraveling all these thoughts like inside my head. And I am trying to make sense of everything, right? And and figure out all the, the mixture. And so I think it, it can be very dangerous if you are in a connection with someone who doesn't have like the best interest in you. Because it's so many times I found myself just believing what an abuser, like it's so, okay. It's very easy for people if they know me and know how I question everything and how I am uncertain sometimes if I'm right or wrong, it's very easy for someone to take that and use it against me and to make me believe something that ultimately isn't true. So I think I hear you saying that while you are on this journey of finding out who you are, you're still working very hard to build boundaries and Mm -hmm. connection to yourself. And so it's really important for you to have safe people that can help you unravel and process things that do not take advantage of you because while we are all on this healing journey, we have very raw spots and very um, delicate 
times in our life where we are very fragile and raw. And if we don't have safe people and safe connections where we can go to, it can be very dangerous. Is that what you're saying? Yes, 100%. And I think that that's so important to, you know, to highlight because that's where also that self-awareness comes in. And being able to say, you know, right now I'm in one of those raw spots and I, and I recognize that and I need to find people who are safe so that I can make sure to protect myself in these moments because I know that I'm very malleable and easily, I can be easily swayed because of the delicate position I'm in. And mm-hmm. I think that that's, that's so huge to highlight off of this, we've had lots of conversations of just the the struggle with, you know, abuse and childhood trauma and what that does to you and how that affects and, and really some oftentimes not wanting to be here. And I think that that's a topic that we don't talk about very often. It's very scary for a lot of people, but it's very, very common and very normal and natural. Um, can you talk about how you work through those feelings on a daily basis? Sure. So I definitely struggle with depression and There are days where I just let it completely wash over me. And there there are days that I can't get out of bed. There will be like a week and a half that will go by where I can't. I just, the thought of showering is, it, it feels like a marathon. And I just it's like life, like the air is heavier. Like I just don't want to be here anymore. And but like those feelings were something that I felt my whole life. So as I like started to think back of like, when was the first time I felt this? Like, I don't want to be here. And what did that look like? And, you know, I have this picture of myself as a, as a, maybe like a, eight-year-old girl playing with her Barbies and my mom just screaming and yelling and arguing with my, my sisters. And I, and I just, I I can remember being that like eight-year-old girl with her little Barbies, like trying to like sneak around the fight to, to just like go outside and, and, and go somewhere else. I just didn't want to be here. I didn't want to be here. I didn't, it, it didn't feel safe. And so then all throughout my life, I would experience like when there was, you know, conflict or, or something going on that like didn't sit well with me. It was always just, I don't want to be here. But when you're constantly left in that state of like, I don't want to be here and you aren't able to get away, then your brain starts thinking like, I guess the only way out is to not be here on this earth. And so something that has really helped me um, get through my feelings of not wanting to be here, even though it's still heavy, it's a heavy emotion, but I think to myself, maybe here when I, when I'm feeling this way of, I don't want to be here. Maybe that's my body, my, my mind telling myself, I don't want to be here in this point of like wherever this point of time, wherever I'm at in my life. Right. Or 
like, I, it, it, it's become more or less as like, kind of like my alarm in my body of like, if I get that feeling of like, I don't want to, I don't want to be here anymore. That often tells me that there's a situation in my life that's, that's triggering that. Right. And it helps me pinpoint like something that I need to maybe like address. That's so huge, Madeline. And I just want to say that that's really, really big. And I, I just kind of want to go back and reiterate that just to make sure that I am understanding you correctly. And also for the listeners, because I think that this this could be really huge for a lot of people who struggle with not wanting to be here. What I think I hear you saying is that you recognize from a very young age that when you're in a situation that is scary and uncomfortable and you can't physically escape that, that your mind is like, hey, we need to try to protect ourselves. And the only way that it seems that we're able to do that is to not be here on this earth anymore. And so you found that in situations where you feel like you can't physically escape, that your mind goes there. And so now on your healing journey, it is more of a signal, you said, to recognize something bigger is going on. Something's going on. My body's telling me that I don't feel safe, that there's something going on that I need to, to look at and address. And so instead of, so you're using this as part of a navigational tool on your healing journey, instead of looking at it as something very negative, even though it is still very tough and still very heavy and you still, you still are working through that, you're able to have a different perspective and say, you know what? I feel this. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think one major kind of like aha moment was when I feel that, well, I'm not a little girl anymore. I can remove myself from situations. I, I'm not this eight-year-old girl or even 16-year-old girl who's stuck in this toxic, abusive home anymore. I'm an adult and I have the ability to choose who is in my life and who's not and what, uh, like what I, I, I have choice. I'm in control. I'm not this little girl anymore who is just kind of like along for the ride. No, ma'am. I'm, I'm the captain of my ship, you know, like, and I feel like so many times when you grow up and you like forget like, Oh wait, like, this is, it's, it's different this time because you have the power to change it. Right. I mean, when you're, when you go through childhood abuse, there's this sense of helplessness, hopelessness, because you have to kind of depend on the adults around you to do something. And if all of the adults around you see it and don't do anything about it, then it makes you think like either a it's okay. Or B like, like maybe they don't think it's okay, but like it's, it's, you know, acceptable treatment for me or so then that, then you think, oh, maybe there's something wrong with me that like people, I don't know, you know? So 
Yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that because I think that that's really huge and kind of what you had talked about before is that you recognize, okay, this is how I'm feeling. There's a situation that's going on and I feel really scared and I feel like I don't have another option and I feel trapped and I can't escape. But you're reminding yourself, hey, I'm not that little girl. I see you. I see that you're scared. I see that you that you feel trapped, but we have options now. And so really recognizing what's happening for you and then reminding yourself that you do have options. And so I think that those are super huge tools. And you know, in talking about tools, could you tell us a few tools that have really helped you on your healing journey so far? I mean, those, those were big ones. Do you have any other ones? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's really a tool, but what I would say is having a community of people to model um, some of these tools and retraining of thought processes, I guess, or in even validation like that, the, the whole, like learning how to validate someone else's thoughts that was modeled to me of just like okay let me make sure that I'm hearing this person correctly and then they're they're just being a space to allow that right because I feel like out in this outside world like if you try to even if you just try to validate or ask questions it's like, oh, people get really defensive, like, oh, like, you know, and so, like, I feel like you're just kind of like, like, just being able to have a place where I can have things modeled for me, and then also just feel safe, like, it's safe to ask questions, safe to think through things, and to know that it's okay to be wherever it is in that moment that I need to be and that right there was a game changer because I I the second I realized that I needed to stop fighting whatever it was that I was feeling or to stop preventing it and just to allow myself to feel whatever it was that I needed to feel and to be wherever it was that I needed to be, I could feel it, experience it, and then move past it. Mm. But until I, I felt it, experienced it, my body was just constantly like, okay, like in overdrive, like trying to prevent it, like, you know, and it's like, no, it, it's easier to just experience it, feel it so that you can just move past it. You know, I think that that is a huge tool and you know, I'm all about connection and community. So I think that that's an amazing tool. So I think what I hear you saying is that having safe people on this healing journey has been pivotal for you. And for even just the fact of providing space for you to feel whatever it is that you're feeling and being reminded and watching others 
not be okay and that it's okay to not be okay and that people aren't going to leave and that you don't have to be or do anything. Also, like you were saying, that it's so important to not make it go away, that we don't have to prevent it. We don't have to fix it. And there's such a, there's such a peace and such a, a different energy instead of fighting because these feelings of fear and anger and guilt, shame and heaviness and, and sadness, they're going to come no matter what. And so instead of fighting them, because we can't make them go away and we can't prevent them. And so instead of exhausting ourselves, trying to do something that is impossible, having a space where you can just feel it and be in it and that that is so different. And you have found that that actually has really helped more on your healing journey than trying to tool it away, trying to joy it away, trying to prevent it from happening. And that space of community really being able to have a space to do that in, like you said, with people who are also doing it and, and using the tools and modeling what that looks like and, and showing you that there's a safe space that you can do that, that that's really been pivotal for you. Yes. And I think it's super important to be self-aware of your surroundings. And what I love about having the community is that it doesn't fall under one person. And I feel like you, when you have a community of people, that creates a safe place. It's a sense of it doesn't fall on one particular person, which, you know, we're all healing from things. And Amen to that. <laughs> yeah. And you've talked a lot about there's a difference between a safe person and a safe place. And I think that I experienced a safe, I first experienced a safe place and what that looked like. And then from there, I established a safe person. And actually, I feel like I've established, I, you know, maybe like two or three safe people. And what I choose to talk about with that safe, safe person might differ. You know, there might be things that I might feel more compelled to to talk about than others and and I just feel like at least for me on this healing journey it was so important that like I have to be self-aware that I have codependent tendencies right so you know it's hard to be vulnerable and trust people because so many times I've had my vulnerability used as a like I just didn't want to be overbearing or overattached or end up in a situation where I felt like I need this person. I can't live without them. Like I wanted to like come out of this journey to being like this, like badass warrior queen, like, you know, like, I don't know. Like I just, I, I didn't want to just like end up being like this person who's like <laughs> another, like can't live can't stand on their own, you know, like I, I needed that independence, that empowerment to know that like, I can do this, you know, no one needs to save me. Madeline can save herself. Yeah. 
I love that you pointed out about the community and really that it, it takes a, a village, right? And we need people and that that it doesn't just fall on one person. And on this healing journey, we can sometimes need a lot in those moments. And you recognize that there's moments where you need a lot and that's okay. But you know that you can't get that from one person. One person can't always be there for you in all of those moments. And this that's one of the reasons a community is such a beautiful tool. And also that you have people that offer different things, different tools, different advice, different energies that we need. This is why there's space for all of us. And, you know, I might say something that um, doesn't really resonate, but Hunter or Ryan might say something and it hits home, you know, or Amy might say something that really resonates with you. And so there's just space for everybody and we need one another for all of our experiences. And this is why all of our stories matter because it affects and touches people in such different ways. And so that is one reason communities are so beautiful and such a beautiful tool and to share experiences, to know that you're not alone. So I love that you brought that up. Thank you. Madeline, you have shared so much of your journey with us and we truly value you. You know, what piece of advice or what would you want to say to somebody who is on their healing journey and really hasn't taken that first step? and they're really scared, what would you tell them? I would tell them, just start with one thing or ask yourself one question. I, I think this whole thought of starting and embarking on a journey, I can tell you right now, if I knew three years ago that this was the journey that I was going to be embarking on by asking myself, like, oh, like, what is it that I can, like, maybe tweak about myself? I would have never in a million years signed up, bought the plane ticket for this journey. Absolutely not. Um, because it is terrifying. And honestly, I still don't know what, where, where we're going. It's like, we're going through a jungle. We're, we're up in the air. Like I have no idea where this journey is taking me, but I do know that it's going to be so much better than where I've been and there's so much hope and excitement about what the future can bring and I have never in my whole entire life been excited about what my future looks like because I never thought I was going to have a future I I I always thought that I was going to end up just like my mom and I always thought I'd end up killing myself and I am so freaking excited to live and I've never felt that excitement. I've never experienced that. And, and so if, if you're struggling and you're just feelings of hopelessness or, or feeling like things aren't going to get better, I really would encourage you just to start with one thing that you want to want to change or maybe like see why is it that I do this and just take it piece by piece by piece and and go at the pace in which it 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 happens don't 
don't let people make you feel like you have to get to this destination and that there's a time there there the journey will uh, as long as you show up it will go at the pace in which you need to go and allow yourself to be wherever it is that you need to be in that moment i love that i love that so you guys if you're out there and you're struggling we see you and we know that it's not easy we are also on this journey with you and take a deep breath and take one baby step at a time break it down and really find a community find a person that can walk alongside you and accept you and accept where you are on your journey so that you can also be patient with yourself and accept where you are. And, and you can do that on your own. I just know that having a person by your side helps tremendously to lean on in those moments and to just remind us that we're not alone because this road can feel so lonely. And like Madeline said, can, can feel so hopeless and when you take it one baby step at a time, you begin to create wins. And when you begin to feel good about and proud about the steps that you're taking, that will snowball. So you don't have to see the top of the staircase. You just have to take that very first step. And Madeline is a beautiful example of that. And we absolutely adore you. And we love that you are here too. And like Madeline was saying, hope for the future and being excited for life, which is so hard for so many. And so if you are looking for a community, you can head over to our community and that information will be in the description. You can connect with Madeline and myself directly in that community. You can ask questions. It's a place of just judgment-free, come as you are. It's okay to be okay, and it's okay to not be okay. We offer a lot of support and guidance. And again, we do amazing things such as the book that Madeline is about to take us through, The Warrior Goddess Training, and we have so many other amazing things coming up. We would love to see you guys there. Madeline, you are amazing and you're so brave. Thank you so much for being so vulnerable and coming on here and sharing with us.